Hey guys, it's Sylvie from Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000. You're listening to my guys, Chad and Ryan on the Friendly Confines. Rhino, spring training is here. The boys are dressed up in their uniforms and they're throwing the balls back and forth to each other and taking cuts in the bullpen. It's kind of exciting, right? We're back. I- I mean, it seems like baseball is nearly here. You can just taste it, Chad. And it's exciting to know that, you know, fans can attend games again in the limited capacity and that pretty soon by next week, we will be seeing live baseball action once again. And I've actually lined up a pair of tickets. I'm going to be in Mesa in a matter of weeks. I'm super excited. We're going to talk about so many different things. Not talk about that till I get there. We'll, we'll break down my time in Mesa at another time. But we're going to talk about what we feel like was kind of a hastily thrown together Cubs convention that was all virtual, as is everything in life right now. We're going to talk about some key questions about the bullpen, about about some, some questions you would ask to, to certain players if you had a chance. Uh, the, the question marks at second base. Uh, and uh, we've even got some big news about uh, a new website. Yes, the Chicago Cubs Friendly Confines podcast. Uh, you can find us down on uh, theconfines.com. We're, we're bona fide right. now, right? We're bona fide. I think this makes us verified at this point that, like, ah, like you are on Twitter. Checkmark. That's website checkmark verified. Speaking of which, we also have a great guest this week. Kevin Kaduck from Midway Minute joins us. Really excellent insight to what the Cubs are doing. You definitely want to check out his website, subscribe to his newsletters. You definitely want to make sure you are all set with what he brings to the table. If you're a Chicago sports fan, you don't want to miss it. And you don't want to miss this episode. So stick around because the Friendly Confines starts right now. Hi, everybody. He's Chad Gordon. I'm Ryan Lieber. We do nine innings. Let's start, as we always do, Chad, in the first. And, of course, the big chatter around the first few days of spring training around the big three, Rizzo, Bryant, and Baez, because they're all in contract seasons, Chad. So everyone is kind of trying to figure out how the Cubs will approach figuring out what to do with re-signing these three guys, or for that matter, not re-signing these three guys i'll put it on you first if you're jed hoyer how do you go about trying to figure out who you're keeping or who you're getting rid of going into this year and for 2022 i I think it's such a great question and i will say this i mean if you're a cubs fan do you want brian back do you want rizzo back do you want Baez back and i think a lot of them would like to see them back if they can perform at the levels we would expect them to. And so when I look at, you know, the moves of, of the Padres, right, this is a, an infield that is committed. I don't, I, I don't know the official number, but it's like gotta be like $650 million for four guys in the infield, yep. not even including like Darvish and the other guys. Right. And so, you know, that's free agent signing. So, what I am feeling is this is the last year that the Cubs have all those guys, those three guys on a bargain, and they will have the flexibility to push these these contracts out and actually be competitive. I mean, we don't know what Jed and the Ricketts, what they're thinking in this realm, but if they are looking ahead, it does look like they're freeing up some space right now so that they can make some moves in the coming years. And what those moves in the coming years is immediately regarding Rizzo, Bryant, and Baez. I'd like to see them all come back. I have told you this from midway through last season when we talked about should Bryant stay or go. I want all of these guys on contract years. I want them on prove me years. I want them to test the market if they can. But also I want them to realize, hey, you guys won a world series in 2016. Do you want to stay? Do you want a statue outside of Wrigley field? If you do sign the contract, become a, a a nine figure guy, each of them and, um, and have a role with this team long-term. That's what I'd like to see the Cubs do. And I want the players to perform at, at a high level of this coming year to make it a really good 2021 season. You make some great points about the fact that they're all in contract years. They all have something to prove, especially Javi Baez and Chris Bryant, because I think we can both agree that of these three, the, the guarantee is Rizzo. I'm, 
I'm a hundred percent sure Rizzo's going to be back on a on a team friendly deal. He'll sign for four years, you know, whatever it may be, maybe twenty mil a year for four years. Let's say it's Brian and 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 Baez that we're looking at as okay. How do we go about figuring out if we are going to sign these guys long term? Because they both want it. And what's Chris Bryant going to be worth in the open market that he might be able to get in Seattle or San Diego or New York, for that matter, or wherever he may go, Anaheim? I'm just throwing out teams that potentially could sign him. I would love to see all three of these guys back under the right conditions, as I'm sure the Cubs would, too. But what are these players going to want and what is the market also going to look like as well because i don't think the market is ultimately going to allow them to know what it is until the free agency season officially starts i hope my hope is that chris bryan plays great and my hope is that he stays with this team all season long and that they're in contention i think the thing that's going to be concerning chad is if chris bryan is playing well and the Cubs aren't playing well, and that's when they have to figure out, well, do we decide we make that trade for Bryant, and then we try to get you know young players back in return. So all just a lot of questions that at this point, of course, cannot be answered, but certainly fun to think about and to talk about. Yeah, so, so agree. And, and honestly, the way this team performs, where they are in the race is going to determine what is going to happen with this team. I said it right. last week. If this team is not a contention – Guys, there's nothing, there's nothing keeping the Cubs from dealing a Bryant midseason and then signing him in the offseason if they want him back. I mean, Rodoldis Chapman, the Yankees got very rich on giving away him for half a season. So don't think just because they're, they're traded um, that it's not going to be, be able to come back. I will tell you, I want this team to be competitive. I don't want them to tank. I want them to show their stuff. So let's move on to the, the second inning and – and how good does Jake Arietta look back in a Cubs uniform? How good does he look on the mound? He still has those those strong calves and broad shoulders. He's just a beast. He still is a workout machine, and he looks so good in the pinstripes. And, you know, it makes you think, Rhino, about all of the other guys that have had a second stint. You know, the big names that have had a second stint. You'll probably remember some that I don't remember, but the guys like Ryan Sandberg who came back, Fergie Jenkins who came back, you know, Greg Maddox, who came back, Kerry Wood, one of my all time favorites, came back. You know, it wasn't always glorious when they come came back. What do you think? What's the bar for Jake? What's going to be a successful return to the pinstripes on Addison and Clark? Well, I, I, I mean, is it too much to ask that he is Jake Arietta from 2015? Is that too yes. much to ask at this point? Yes, yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> listen, if he can provide 200 innings, and win 12 to 14 games, I'd say that's probably a huge win. I, I feel like that's a safe bet to go with. Um, to your point, we never really have seen somebody come back in the form that they were better um, or on par with where they were prior to. You mentioned Maddox, obviously, his best years were with the Atlanta Braves, did win a Cy Young with the Cubs. But when he came back, it was certainly the end of his career. And he did win his 300th game with the Cubs. Um, Fergie kind of the same way. He, you know, spent a couple of seasons towards the end. And that was the end of that. I, I'm hoping that if he can be better than Greg Maddox with, with the Cubs. So Maddox, when he pitched in 2004, he had 212 innings that he pitched. And he picked up career win number 300. I want to say he won around 13 games that year. Okay. And if Jake can have an ERA in like the mid threes, I, I think that's a huge win. What about yourself? You know, it's so tough. Um, I've shared this before. You, you brought up the Greg Maddox piece. I hate the fact that we, we, that the Cubs have retired Maddox's number along with Fergie. His 31 is, is, is swinging high, flying high above Wrigley Field because Greg Maddox is not an all-time great Chicago Cub. Greg Maddox was one of the greatest disappointments and, and just the, the, the poster child of everything wrong with the, the, the Wrigley, the company, uh, the Tribune company, rather's ownership. And, uh, and it's hard. It's hard for me to see that. Um, I just bring that up because I always have to say that every time I see it up there, I get so upset because imagine what could have been if Greg was with this team the entire time. You know, what, what's my bar for, for Jake Arrieta? 
you know, I think we're already seeing it. You know, we've seen the clips from spring training. I've, I've got my tickets to a few games here coming up in a few weeks, and I can't wait to see him in person. But you see him, you know, with, with your boy, um, Azale, you know, pulling him aside, talking about whatever they're talking about. But he's in there, and he's providing sage wisdom. He's showing them what a professional, what a pro does on the mound day in and day out to get ready. You know, we're not going to see the guy from 2015 and 16. You know why? Because nobody's seen that guy in the last few years. The Phillies certainly didn't see that guy when they got him in 18. You know, uh, he showed us a glimmer and a glimpse of, of some of the greatness in in, uh, in 17, but he wasn't the same guy. It's hard to be an all-time great, which he was there for a period of time. Um, what I'd like to see is a solid number two, number three, a guy that that is in the double digits and, and, you know, maybe wins 13, 14 games. I want to see a guy that, that eats innings. I want to see a guy with swagger. I want to see a guy that, that is out there um, and is excited to be out there and get the fan base excited. And I think we're going to see those sort of things. There's something very special about Jake Arrieta um, in this franchise um, during a very exciting period of time. And just having him back in the, in, in the, the jersey is going to be very good for the fans. It's going to be very good to see that guy on the mound. Um, but also, he's got to prove something. He's actually out there to, to kind of cement and, and uh, put an exclamation point on his legacy. And knowing what I know about Jake Arrieta, he's going to be out there looking to compete and be a strong influence and a strong force on this pitching staff. All right, and just to go back, Maddox's uh, first year with the Cubs in his return in 2004, 16 wins, 402 ERA, two complete games, one shutout, 212 innings pitched. He did win a gold glove yep. in the second year, 13-15 record. <laughs> gold so, <glove. laughs> you know, he was always one of the best fielding pitchers in baseball. But 35 starts, and he was 38 years old, mind you, when he came back to the Cubs. He pitched yeah. with 38 and 39. So area is at least a little younger in that category as we move on now to the third inning, Chad. And uh, there was no Cubs convention, uh, at least in the conventional sense, uh, because of mm. COVID, but the Cubs decided to do something called unconventional, and it is currently running as of this recording, where the Cubs uh, teamed up with all their social media to do some different things uh, through Instagram, through uh, Twitter, and uh, the Marquee Sports Network uh, online on their website, and as well as Facebook. So it's interesting that they decided to do this. I'm curious. What is your thought on the Cubs kind of trying to at least to some degree create this uh, convention for the fans who didn't get that opportunity after people were basically complaining that they didn't have it uh, for, you know, the first time around? You know, I think you have to run it. I mean, it, it's, it's such a special thing that so many other franchises in all of Major League Baseball would love to be able to duplicate and be able to to hold on their own. The, the Cubs convention year in and year out is is it's it's a rock concert. It's the Stones showing up, you know, at, at you know at Shea Stadium or the Beatles. It's it's just it's it's a big deal. And because they couldn't be there in person, I think there's a segment of the fan base that that that, that really loves that. But it's not the same. I mean, it's not the same. I am a big Cubs fan. I love it. I'll go to as many games as possible. We all know this if you listen to the show, but you know what? I've never gone to a Cubs convention. I, I just like living in San Diego, you know, I've never wanted to go to Comic-Con, even though I've been offered tickets and there's going to be listeners here. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I just, there's something about waiting in long, long lines for anything, much less waiting in long, in long lines as, as a, as a, as a grown man, excitedly waiting in line to get an autograph from another grown man who's probably younger than me. So there's a reason for that. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things where you, you're, you're going there just to get a photo op or connect with somebody. I, I, I just, you know, in my role and, and, you know, you had this role in this past in the media, we've been around some really big figures. We've been in locker rooms with some really big names. And I still feel that way when I'm around some of these guys. So I like the sessions. I love always seeing the Cubs convention when they recap the, the kids corners and things like that. So yesterday was online kids day. Today was about the players. You know, they're doing different things on different days. I'm glad they're doing it because you know what? We've all had to do it. My industry's had to shift to a digital format and, and more virtual and more, you know, more of that on-demand Zoom piece. So I'm glad they did it for the fans that wanted it, but I haven't really tuned in. I'm excited as a season ticket holder at the end of this week 
you know, we get a 30 minute Q and a session with, with Jock Peterson. I'm excited about that. I'll tune into that just to see what kind of guy he is. Um, but I don't know. what do you think about the unconventional week that we're in the midst of? Yeah, I kind of felt like they were trying to find some way to throw this together because I feel like the fans had a lot of an outcry for it. We talked on this podcast about how the Cardinals put something together that, in my opinion, sounded a lot more interactive. Um, They did Zooms and, you know, you could pay to be on the certain Zooms and then talk to the players directly. That is not what is happening here. This is strictly through, you know, asking questions through Twitter, asking questions through Instagram, um, hashtagging it, and then like potentially hoping to see your question answered, I guess, through videos or whatever that they're going to play. And then they're like directing you to the website for marquee. So I I mean, listen, I, I guess they're trying their best to try to figure out how to appease people in some capacity, but I felt like they could have probably been a little more creative. And and now that spring training's here, you're not going to get the players as involved, um, which I think was a missed opportunity, in my opinion. I, it's, it's, you nailed it. It did feel thrown together. It did feel like, oh, hey, by the way, we're doing the convention. And like they announced at the end of last week. But, you know, it, yeah. it's, it's a lot of what they're relying on is a lot of the Cubs video team, which they've done some great stuff on YouTube and what they're doing on Marquee for those guys that can see it. And not a lot of people can see marquee. Um, you know, I think they're doing the best they can, but you're right. It's sure certainly felt like it was thrown together. So um, yeah, maybe they'll do better or maybe we'll be in person next year. Fingers crossed. So fourth inning, um, this is a fun question. You plug this into the, the agenda or the rundown rather and the fourth inning. And, and I, I'm just going to read it as it is. I'm going to answer it probably different than you are. Um, I think, in terms of the convention, you always have a little bit of FaceTime. If you get time on the mic, you can ask a player a question um, or anybody a question. You pose the question, what's the one question you'd want to ask someone this year? So I'll pose that to you. Let's imagine you're walking up to the mic and all of Cubs history, because there's even Cubs great that shows up to the convention. What's the question you ask, Rhino? I would want to ask Alex Gonzalez if he – Saw the ball. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I would want to ask. I'm being serious now. I would literally, if I had the opportunity, because he's probably not very available, but I would want to ask Tom Ricketts why all of a sudden the budget has shrunk significantly comparatively to in the past. And now he's starting to open up his wallet a little bit. But why are the Cubs not able to compete on the same level? of a team like the San Diego Padres, who, as you mentioned, have spent $640 million on, you know, four players uh, on that roster. Why aren't we able, with a sports network and with all the other, you know, entities that the Ricketts have, we're not able to compete on that same level? And I'd, I'd be frank about that. It wouldn't be any softball questions for me, Chad. I'd go straight to the dagger and, and go for the jugular on that and ask him straight up. Why is that not the case? I, I feel like that's a legit and curious question that I think fans should know. What, what about you? Well, first off, I don't want to coach you on your questioning because I think you do a nice job most of the time. Should have been a two-parter. One, Tom, will you please commit to joining the Friendly Confines po- podcast as a seventh-inning yes. guest? And then the tough And then question. go for the jugular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, right. so, no, I mean, I don't want to knock you, but I'm just going to knock you a little bit. I understand. I love my yeah. question. I've mentioned this on podcasts before, and this is an alumni question. He's not going to be there at the convention, but you said your question was, what's the one question you'd want to ask someone this year? I would want to dust off Theo Epstein, and I'd want to ask him this question. Were you strategically choosing the big contract to Edwin Jackson in an effort to lose every fifth day with Edwin Jackson? And to tie that much of the payroll into Edwin Jackson, because I've shared this theory before. Hear me out on this, Ryan. I've shared it before. I believe it was the shrewd move by the front office to bring him in and to sink that much money of the payroll into him, knowing his peripherals were going to be what they were. And he was going to largely lose and be committed to losing for those three or four years. I mean, you have to remember, they let go of him in, in, in 15 (laughs) They still paid him in 15, but they were done losing in 15 and they paid him a whole bunch of money to not pitch. I'd ask that question. 
the day I get a chance to talk to Theo Epstein again, I'm going to ask that question because I do believe that is one of the most shrewdest and most important signings ever in Cubs history, even though it was a signing with the intent to lose. Eight and 18 in 2013. He was yeah. six and 15 the following yep. year in 2014. Uh, interesting stuff. Yeah. To say the least. All right. So let us move on now, Chad, to the fifth inning. And, you know, an area that uh, showed some promise last year and, of course, is not really getting a lot of uh, love right now or people, I guess, just aren't talking about it is the bullpen. Uh, Craig Kimbrell, of course, is the closer once again. But the Cubs also have. Uh, the Wicks, who uh, are, you know, trying to get healthy again to uh, get back into tip-top shape and form. But um, the bullpen could be a key to this season, Chad, as it is for any team. But um, interesting to note that I think the bullpen is a lot stronger than most people maybe give it credit for. You got Kyle Ryan, Dan Winkler, Andrew, Andrew Schaefer in his back, uh, Brandon Workman, and we mentioned Rowan Wick. Um are you maybe thinking the bullpen might be uh, better and more of a key to the season than we realize? Uh, to me personally, I think the key to this season is the eight guys that are going to be trotted out. The six guys, seven guys, traditional, I mean, uh, consistently trotted out onto the field defensively and in the lineup. Those, as this offense goes, this team goes, yes. But you are absolutely right. If Craig Kimbrell can be the guy that this, this team signed a couple of years ago, if he can be the guy, that's going to go a long way for seeing if this team can be successful. This team needs the consistency of, okay, this team has the lead in the seventh inning. It's going to win, more likely. And they haven't had that consistency um, in the past. But you're right. It's, it was a bright spot last year. You, you mentioned all the W's guys, uh, Weck, Wick, Workman, uh, who, who is new to the team, Winkler, <laughs> Kyle Ryan, if he can come back from, from uh, you know, he's got the COVID situation right now. Um, you know, we, you know we, we, we got a taste of Norwood and Underwood. We, we know about, you know, Dylan Maples and Rex Brothers and, and, and some of these other guys. I um, And Chafin, you're right. All of these guys are so vital. The way baseball has changed in that guys aren't going long anymore. I mean, that Hendricks complete game was that's such a throwback in time. You talk about Greg Maddox and all the times that he went super long. That's not how baseball is anymore. I mean, if Arietta can hand this game over in the sixth inning with a lead, you need your bullpen to show up and step up. And so this is where I think the the Cubs front office can can do some magic. And this is where the pitching staff can work some magic as well, where they can prepare these guys to 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 do their job and to come in in the situations they need to come in and not get worked. And so it does all start at the very top in uh, in Craig Kimbrell. And I think that him being named the closer, Rossi saying, hey, this is our guy. He is going to have to show something. Um, otherwise, this will go down as one of the worst signings um, in, in Cubs history. The, the bullpen is probably more crucial this year, Chad, than it's ever been because these pitchers, especially, as you said, the starters are not going to be going very long. Like we could be seeing starting pitchers to start the year, Chad, going four innings. I mean, that's really what we're looking at right now is they try to get back into kind of that form we're not going to see a starting pitcher start more than 30 games this year. I don't think in some, in some ways, because of the fact that, you know, we had a shortened season the year before, which is disappointing. You know, we're going to see guys that are possibly going to have six man rotations, maybe seven man rotations, which to me is like unheard of. Mm. and, And I shake my head at. So I think that the bullpen for a lot of these teams is going to be taxed early. They really got to do a good job of making sure they have guys that are fresh, we're probably going to see a real, um, you know, like rinse cycle of different relievers back and forth and, you know, guys that are going to be active for one game and may not be active for another game. And you mentioned, you know, the plethora of guys that are, you know, possibly or probably going to be making appearances out of the pen. And it all at the end of it ends up with Craig Kimbrell getting the ball in the ninth. Now, Rowan Wick could be another guy who could ultimately take the closer role if we're not seeing Kimbrell, you know, nail it down early, but David Ross is going to do everything in his power to make sure that Craig Kimbrell is a guy. But yes, I think for not just the Cubs, but basically every team in baseball, the bullpen is going to really 
determine how good this team or the teams in baseball are going to be in 2021. Well, let's move on to the sixth inning. And I, another great question. I really like this. Um, the Cubs haven't really made a move in any way, shape, or form. They, they passed on Colton Wong. Um, they had an opportunity to bring in a gold glover there to shore up their situation in second base. Because uh, right now, when you look at the depth chart, you look at who's available, it's, a, it's still a very green, um, a very, uh, uh, you know, you know, a guy that really could use a lot of seasoning uh, at second base in Nico Horner. And then you've got David Bodie. Um, who uh, is signed to a long-term contract, had some nice moments in his time, but uh, neither one of these guys are world beaters. Uh, David is obviously much older. Uh, Nico is, uh, is still the fresh young pup. Um, who would you like to see at second base? Who, do you think you platoon here, or do you, you give somebody the, the, the hand and, and, and let, them, uh, let them prove their worth? You know, it's interesting because out of all the positions that the Cubs have, this is the one, right, Chad? This is the one that you're kind of looking at saying, okay, who's going to win that spot? All the other spots are, are taken for. We know who's going to play each position. But this is the one where you sit there and you say, well, David Ross has a decision to make, and it's going to boil down to how they look in spring training. You, as you said, you know, Horner's kind of the young guy who probably ultimately long-term, you would think, is going to be a guy who you would hope is going to take over that position, but is he is he ready for 162 games? And Bodie, as you said, he, he's been so great off the bench. You know, he plays relief for basically any position in the infield um, and has really paid his dues. I, I got to be honest, I don't have a good feel for this right now. And I think a lot of that is just because I don't know what I have in either guy going into the season because neither guy has really been a regular starter um, throughout an entire year. Would David Ross, I think, um, you know, maybe switch it off? Yeah, I can definitely see that. But I also think at the same time, it's probably important for him to solidify somebody and say, hey, you won the job. You're going to be our everyday second baseman. So for me, I guess initially I would think David Bodie would be your, your initial guy that you would think to be because of the fact that he has, you know, been in this situation before. He, he knows what it takes. He's obviously got a feel for this clubhouse and for the roster. And while Horner obviously split time with Jason Kipnis and Bodie as, you know, well as with a couple of others, I, I think long-term it could be him, but um I, I guess I just have to say right now, I don't have a feel for it right now. So it wouldn't shock me if they split time. But at the end of the day, I think Bodie has the upper hand if you had to, like, give me, you know, one or the other. What word are you seeing right now? With I don't know if my best buddy Edgar Rico's listening today, but this is one of my takes that he would absolutely love right now. I wish that the, the Cubs would have made a move and I think they could have got a team friendly deal and brought back Starlin Castro. I would have loved to have seen a veteran there that can, that can nearly hit for average. Um, isn't going to give you a whole bunch of power, but has some, some sneaky pop, but, and does a good job in the field and, and, and the Cubs fans love him, Right. I would have loved Plays for the Cubs North. Yeah. Now. He's on the Cubs North. Now. I know. And I would have loved to have seen him have another chance at the North side and prove, himself and be that steady presence that he was the Washington Nationals is who we're yeah. referring to by yeah the way. exactly the Nationals I, I was wondering where you're going with the North thing but I really wish they could have made it. he's still a, a 30 years old but I mean we're, that's not what the question is right the question is who is going to be the guy and I hate the fact that Nico Horner has been thrust into this role. I mean, he's 23 years old. He's not shown the plate discipline. He's not shown what you want to see from a steady, consistent uh, second baseman. And he's not a world beater at second base either, you know, but he does a, a manageable job. He's above average at second base. David Bodie, what I love about David Bodie, he gives you so much flexibility when Chris Bryant needs to play in the outfield so he can sh shop over there into third base. And he's a guy that's also really good off the bench. So I just feel like he's one of those guys that either he comes in and figures out a, an opportunity to have a bigger role. Um, you know, keep in mind, we, we think about David Bodie and his home runs. You know, he's had a couple big ones, but he's only had 24 home runs in his career. Um, you know, that's not a lot. Nico's not going to hit a lot of home runs as well. Baseball is about a lot of home runs. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if uh, Ildemaro Vargas, who's a guy that we don't know a lot about, but at one point um, actually has has had, uh, you know, had a season over um, 
you know, a season where, you know, he, he had a bit, bit of a, a bigger role where he batted almost 270 over, over more than half a season with Arizona. Um, who, who, how this is going to play out. I have no idea. I am, am just, uh, I feel like this was a blind spot for this team, why they didn't address it, why they think they have the people in place, because this is, when you look at the, at the lineup, this is one where you're looking at and you just go, why can't, the Cubs have figured this out because it, it just is a really black spot on this lineup. And, and whether it's Bodie or Horner, I don't see either one of these guys having an impact of say like an Ian Happ, uh, what he did last year. So it's definitely a question mark and it's something I'm surprised the front office hasn't addressed. Time now for the seventh inning stretch here on the Friendly Confines. And we have a great guest this week. You can find his work at midwayminute.win. He's also on Twitter at Kevin Kaduck. He is also at Midway Minute. It is our pleasure to welcome Kevin Kaduck to the seventh inning stretch. Kevin, welcome to the Friendly Confines, and thanks for joining us. How you doing? Good. What's going on, Ryan? Thanks for thanks for the nice plug. I appreciate that. Absolutely. And thank you for joining us. And of course, a lot to get to. Pitchers and catchers have officially reported to camp. And I want to make reference to one of your articles that you just recently posted mm-hmm. on your website um, that I thought was kind of interesting. It was written by David Brown, one of your writers. And it's how famous Cubs did in their second tour with the team, kind of surrounding the fact that Jake Arrieta is now back in his second tour of duty with the Cubs. And there's a lot of like really good examples of former Cub players that (laughs) have had second go rounds that maybe didn't have the success that you kind of thought they would or you would have hoped for. Um, Is is this kind of uh, showing a little bit of a leeway to what we can ultimately expect for Jake Arrieta the second time around? What do you think? Yeah, it's crazy. So when Dave and I started looking at it, the the Cubs actually have a pretty big stable of former stars who kind of came back for for second tours. And everyone kind of remembers Greg Maddox coming back at uh, 83, 38 years old. He he pitched much better than he was 83 years old, that's for sure. (laughs) Uh, so he had a, a pretty good comeback, although he you know, wasn't the Cy Young caliber that we missed out on when he went to Atlanta. Um, There's also guys like Glenn Allen Hill and Doug Glanville and Joe Girardi. Now we've got Jake Arrieta. He's been away in Philadelphia for three seasons, had a pretty good start there, then struggled with a little bit of injury. He lost that velocity, which I think we're all going to be looking at this spring. I don't know, you know, obviously I think it was a gamble worth taking for the, for the Cubs. I mean, he was obviously affordable. Uh, He should solidify that rotation, but he does have, you know, he does have some things to figure out. And and as we know, and we look at pitchers across the board, velocity is generally something that doesn't come back, especially as you get older. So I I think uh, going into the season, you're going to have to be cautiously optimistic that Arietta can kind of use that pitcher brain. Uh, to to kind of get you know make up for that 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 loss in speed. Do you expect Jake? I mean, uh, there's no doubt he's going to be in shape. There's no doubt that he's going to mm. be fit. Do you think ultimately he's a guy that you can slot into the number two spot, or do you think ultimately this is a pitcher yeah. that we're going to see in the back end of the rotation? What what's your ultimate take on that? You know, when that came when that news came down, I thought, okay, great, this is a, a great you know fourth or fifth starter. This is someone you're going to be able to rely on will probably stay healthy. At least I'm, I'm counting on it. But then they come out and say, look, this is a guy we're, we're expecting to produce at the top uh, half of the rotation. And, um, you know, I don't know if that really speaks as much to area potential as the current state of the Cubs rotation. But I think that if you're looking at the, the Cubs situation right now, and, and Kyle Hendricks is Kyle Hendricks, you know what you're going to get from him. Zach Davies, I, I'm, optimistic about him he saved my fantasy baseball team a a few times with some nice uh spot starts that i've made with him um you know so davis kind of doesn't really produce and and kind of give the team what i think jed hoyer expects him to then i think you're in trouble so i really think that arietta at top should be considered a number three starter and i think that's probably what you're going to get from him in terms of output 
David Ross says he's not going to use a six-man rotation, that he wants to be able to try and use five guys throughout the season, mm-hmm. maybe like a spot starter here or there. But top to bottom with the five-man rotation, I know you lose Hugh, but is it crazy to think from a depth standpoint that maybe one through five, this team actually might look better than last year, or am I absolutely insane thinking that? I don't think so. I, I think that's reasonable to, to, to think, uh, especially if, you know, Azalea comes through. And, um, you know, I, I guess it remains to be seen what you get from Alec Mills and where, where he starts. But I think from a, a depth standpoint, you're, you're definitely correct, because last year with, uh, with the injury to Quintana that re- really screwed things up, uh, John Lester obviously had a great start and then, then really never recovered. So I, I wouldn't disagree with that. This is Mike Wilbon from ESPN's Pardon the Interruption, and I'm speaking with Chad and Ryan on the Friendly Confines podcast. So the big news offensively, Kevin, if we're talking about the guys who are in the box, it's certainly about these guys who are coming up on their contract years, Anthony Rizzo, Javi Baez, and Chris Bryant. And Bryant, of mm-hmm. course, will start with him. Um, certainly the big talk in the offseason, everybody had, everybody had Chris Bryant going <laughs> to either the Mets or the Dodgers or the Padres or wherever it's a Blue Jays insert team here. Um, Do you think that we will see Chris Bryant in a Cubs uniform throughout all of 2021? Or do you think that it is just a matter of time before the Cubs decide to trade him? I know that's the million dollar question, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's a matter of time. I I don't know. I, I wish that it weren't because I feel like we've had a MVP third baseman, which we have waited for our entire lives, at least if you're a Cubs fan of a certain age who didn't grow up with Ron Santo, um, to watch him and and see what he was able to do, not only that 2016 season, but seasons going forward, and then really to have his narrative really kind of controlled or at least interrupted by all these kind of labor disputes and, and, and service time arguments – I think it's been a it's been a downer, and now we're headed into a situation where he is, you know, in his upper twenties and, and should be getting into the the point of his career where he becomes a franchise cornerstone, like Ryan Sandberg, like an Andre Dawson, like uh, Sammy Sosa, guys that we and we're setting the table right now for him to walk away, and I don't like it. Obviously, there's a big part of of Cubs Nation that is kind of also opposed against him, which kind of blows my mind. I mean, look, he's he hasn't quite been the MVP level the past few seasons, but he is still one of the best, uh, you know, one of the best players in the league. And I just honestly don't like, you know, whatever they're they're going to get for him, it's not going to be commensurate. Um, to to what they're they're sending away, and you know, not only that. It's, uh, you know, this is the Chicago Cubs, right? These are the Chicago Cubs. And we're watching the Padres turning into this, like, behemoth somehow in the San Diego market. And now we see the Chicago Cubs acting the way they are with their budget. We can't afford a Chris Bryant, a guy who made the final out of the 2016 World Series. Yep. You know, it's it's, it's hard for me to take. So, I I don't know. I, I. you probably pick up on the passion there a little bit. Uh, absolutely. And then listen, I feel for you and I'm in the same boat as you being, you know, a, a diehard Cubs fan for almost 40 years myself. So I, I totally get it. Um, let me, let me throw this at you with, with, you know, Rizzo and Javi also, mm-hmm. I mean, knowing that, you know, in your opinion, you don't think that all three are going to yeah. sign. Do you expect Rizzo and Javi to ultimately be, both be signed a long-term well i wouldn't say long-term for rizzo yeah. but at least deals where it keeps them in a cubs uniform for the foreseeable future the rizzo deal seems pretty straightforward and it seems to me like they you know they could easily work something out there and i think that they will and then it becomes kind of like that sophie's choice between javi baez and and chris bryant which is look i understand it you know and we could sit here and say oh the padres are are doling out so much money and they are they have almost three quarters of a billion dollars committed to three-fourths of their infield, which is mind-blowing. But you kind of look at that Tatis uh, deal, the way that's kind of structured. It's like, okay, well, that's kind of setting up for uh, him to become a New York Yankees once the price gets really crazy in, you know, 2029, 20, So I, I understand that. And, you know, at the same time, as a Blackhawks fan, 
you know, and watching them not really be able to pivot from their generation of stars and give up big money to, to Brent Seabrook, um, give up more money than they probably had to, to, to um, uh, Kane and, and Taves, you do have to make difficult decisions. So I get this. So write, writing checks, you know, for 200, $250 million to two players, I understand that's not going to happen, but um, at, at the same time, it d- doesn't make, you know, sitting here, hey, choose between Javi Baez and Chris Bryant, who are two of the most likable players we've ever seen. As a fan, you don't want to do that. Kevin, tell us a little bit more about Midway Minute and how people can access it and how they can sign up for the newsletters as well. Yeah, so Midway Minute, actually, I mean, it's it's a good website. Um, I also, It's really kind of geared around our newsletter, which comes out every weekday morning and is about all Chicago sports from the Chicago Bears to the Cubs. Uh, you know, to our soccer teams, to, to even the Chicago Sky. And uh, it, it's been a, a pretty cool experience. I launched it in February of 2020. Our community is growing. And obviously, there's a lot of great places to, to talk about the Cubs. Um, I'm kind of seeking to just make a good place to talk about Chicago sports, kind of a one-stop shop. And and, and not only highlight my work and, and Dave Brown's work, but, you know, I also send out links every morning to some of the best sports writing in the city, uh, about our Chicago teams and, and people seem to get a lot of value in it. So I would encourage anyone to sign up for that. There's a, a easy spot to put in your email address at the top of that website. And like you said, it's a midway minute dot win uh, midway minute.com wasn't uh, available. That apparently belongs to a car dealership in Ohio for some reason, but <laughs> a midway minute dot win sounds pretty cool too. I think that's even better to tell you the truth. More unique. <laughs> I like it me. too. Yeah. I, I agree. Very cool stuff. Kevin Kaduck is our guest. Once again, you can find him on Twitter at Kevin Kaduck. You can find him at Midway Minute. And as he mentioned, the website, www.midwayminute.win. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us here on the seventh inning stretch and taking a few minutes with us here on the Friendly Confines. We'd love to have you back anytime. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Ryan. I appreciate it. And once again, our thanks to Kevin Kaduck of MidwayMinute.win. Be sure to check him out. Be sure to sign up for his newsletter. Really appreciate it. And, of course, check him out on Twitter at Kevin Kaduck. And, of course, his other Twitter handle at. Really appreciate the insight and uh, enjoyed speaking to him as well as we start with the eighth inning. But if, before we do, of course, you can find Chad and I on social media. I am at Ryan D. Lieber. Chad is at the Chad Gordon. And we also have our Facebook page, the Chicago Cubs Friendly Confines Facebook page. We would love to hear from you there. And we also have some other big news as well, Chad. Yeah, and you know what? Let's just start it by saying the preface is it's a work in progress. But if you would like to, there is a way. Now to check us up on the web, go to the confines. That is theconfines.com. That's it, theconfines.com. As I said, it's a work in progress, but it's your one-stop shop where you can stream all of the guests we've had, all the interviews we've had, all the episodes we've had. We're going to have some blog posts on there. We're going to have some giveaways. Um, there's going to be a chance to sign up for a newsletter. It's, it's, it's going to be as simple as, hey, we're going to alert you when there's a new podcast dropping. So we would love for you to support theconfines.com just wait and see it is going to get big um we've got some big plans for it coming into the future so more on that later let's move on to the eighth inning and it's uh, uh you know a good question to think about i mean we're at this point where the boys are out there getting loosened up and and getting back into the flow of things games haven't started just yet we're a few days away from that um so it's question time and so this is a good question um to to pose as we enter this, this where everybody's even, nobody has blown it. Everybody has a chance to win it all. Right? Who's the one player and why that you're keeping an eye on in this 2021 season? Well, I guess I'm going to kind of go with an easy one. But for me, I'm going to be keeping my eye on Jock Peterson. He's probably the most intriguing signing that the Cubs had this offseason, uh, be it that he, you know, certainly is a guy who has the ability to lead off. He's done it, you know, for a long time in L.A. Uh, he has the ability to hit 30-plus home runs, drive in, you know, potentially 80 to 90 RBIs. Uh, so I think this is a guy who, if he enjoys playing in Wrigley, 
Um, we could see some big numbers from him, maybe not from a batting average standpoint, but, you know, numbers that are respectable and comparable to what we saw when Kyle Schwarber was here. And that's important because certainly this is a team um, when paired with Rizzo and Bryant and Baez um, and I'll throw obviously Wilson Contreras in there that this team can hit a lot of home runs. So if Jack Peterson is right and he is someone that, you know, can potentially do some damage for this team, um, he might be an exciting guy to watch. So he's the guy I'm, I'm kind of checking out right now in spring training when uh, to see how he's going to perform. What about you? Yeah, I'm stoked to see Jock. I love seeing him in the jersey. Uh, but, you know, who I'm most excited to really focus on and watch as this year progresses uh, from the very beginning all the way to the end, it's, it's Chris Bryant. I think that he is the guy that, based upon how he carries himself, I think based upon um, how he performs defensively, how he performs offensively, how he physically shows up this season – in terms of, you know, all the different uh, 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 medical and, and physical ailments he's had over the last couple of years that's limited him. I think he's the one that is the most intriguing because, let's be honest, from Baez, I mean, Rizzo's not a max contract guy. Baez, I'm not even sure, is a max contract guy um, because he's been inconsistent, even though he had a near MVP season once. Um, Chris Bryant is the MVP. Um, of this group. He's the rookie of the year of this group. He's a multi uh, uh, all-star of this group. This is a guy in his, at his age has the chance to get one of these mega contracts and the pressure. I mean, look at what Bryce Harper did in his contract year. He struggled. So here's Chris Bryant. Does he have the ice water in his veins to perform like he should perform so he can get max dollars that's going to set him, his child, his other child, his grandchildren and his great grandchildren and all the pets up for life for the rest of their life. So I, I'm really intrigued by how Chris carries himself this year with all the distractions and also knowing that he's playing for a really big future. All right. So let us move on and finish up in the ninth inning now. And Chad, uh, maybe the same uh, answer exists for this question. Uh, who is the player that has the most to prove going into 2021 for the Chicago Cubs? For me, it's a completely different question. For me, it's an obvious answer. It's a it's an obvious answer. There's one guy on this team that has everything to prove in the Cubs pinstripes that he's never proven it yet, and it's it's Craig Kimbrell. This is the guy that you're like, that guy's gonna go to the Hall of Fame, right? I mean, that this guy has a history, and he signed a pretty decent contract. He he wasn't a scrap heap hire, but yet he his signing. Um, has been lauded as, as a tremendous mistake, and he's never really proven anything. So I think he's the guy that has to show up and take that closer role and show that he's actually been worth this investment over the last couple of years because he certainly hasn't felt that way and hasn't shown that. I mean, I was there the last weekend in Wrigley Field history where fans were allowed was that, uh, that, that late September in 2019. I was there. On that Saturday when he gave up the back-to-back home runs, and I was there again on Sunday when he struggled. You know, that is his legacy right now, and I think if he wants to have a legacy with the Chicago Cubs where it's not attached to to a huge disappointment, he I think he has absolutely the most to prove. Everybody else that's been in a Cubs uniform, from my perspective, has proven something um, at points during their career. But Craig has something that he's yet to do anything in those. Yeah, and that's a fair point. I definitely think Kimbrell is is in that category. But for me, I think it's Chris Bryant. I think it's Chris Bryant mm. because I think Bryant obviously is probably playing for the biggest contract of his life. He's having this is the most important season of his young career. Yes, I understand that Bryant's won the MVP and the Rookie of the Year. But to me, that seems like a distant memory. I, I mean, it doesn't even seem like that's the same player that we've unfortunately haven't had the opportunity to see the last couple of years. So for me, and I think Chris Bryant wants to prove that he is still that great player, that he is still someone that can stay healthy and be an MVP caliber player and show that he is worth the contract that he is hoping to get coming this 2022 season. So I would say that for my money, yes, while Craig Kimbrell certainly is a guy in that category, the player who has the most to prove because he's the one who is ultimately playing for what is going to be the biggest contract of his career for the rest of his career, 
is definitely Chris Bryant. And this is certainly uh, a time where he is going to be, I hope to be, as we have said, zoned in, looking to try and rectify what we have not seen the last couple of years and, yeah. and try to um, get himself back to that, that form that he was back in 2016 when he won the MVP award. So with that, that is going to wrap things up on this edition of the Friendly Confines. Again, our thanks to Kevin Kaduck from Midway Minutes. We appreciate his time. For Chad, I am Ryan. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. Have a good one. See you in Mesa, everybody. Don't let anyone say that it's just a game. For I've seen other teams and it's never the same When you're born in Chicago, you're blessed and you're healed The first time you walk into Wrigley Field Hey, this is Len Casper. You're listening to the Friendly Confines Podcast with Chad and Ryan. Hey everyone, I'm Chad Gordon. And I'm Ryan Lieber. We're the hosts of the Friendly Confines podcast. Each week we'll bring you the latest Cubs news from the fans' perspective with some of the biggest names in sports. Joe Buck, welcome to the Friendly Confines with Chad and Ryan. Yeah, oh my God, I'm happy to do it. Pat Hughes, welcome to the seventh inning. Happy to be here, Chad. It is Len Casper. You got it, Ryan. Chad, happy to be with you guys. The Hawk, Andre Dawson. What a smartest thing, I'm doing fine, thank you. We're also excited to bring you new episodes as part of the Barroom Network. So if you're a Cubs fan or even just a baseball fan, be sure to check out the Friendly Confines podcast every week on the Barroom Network. Hi, it's Wayne Mesmer. You're listening to Chad and Ryan on the Friendly Confines podcast. Hi, this is Marv Levy, and you're listening to Ryan and Chad on Friendly Confines. Chad, it's another special edition of our uninterrupted full interview. This week, we have Kevin Kaduck from the Midway Minute going to be an interesting one he's got lots to talk about lots to talk about and i gotta tell you so this is the unedited version so for you listeners they're like i already heard kevin trust me you haven't heard the entire piece so scroll ahead if if if, uh through the first 10 minutes if you already feel like you had the episode in the previous version we so appreciate our longtime listeners i mean from mike wilbon to marv levy to jay mariotti we've got some big guests coming up as well we're so excited i love doing these full unedited because it gives us the time We've thought about this. I mean, do we just do an hour and a half interview? I don't know. if I mean, hour and a half podcast. I don't know if people would listen to the whole thing after us through our, you know, nine innings. So we give you a snippet of it and then we give you the full version. It's so much fun talking to these guys. Absolutely is. And it's great to catch up with them and get their insight because, you know, listen, Chad and I are experts, obviously. But you know what? We try to get even better experts than us. So without any further ado, here is our full interview with Kevin Kaduck from the Midway Minutes. 